0: In the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show.
1: The nominations were announced for the 95th Academy Awards. Leading the way with 11 nominations is the movie Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. It's a film about all the places they found President Biden's classified documents. (laughs) Lady Gaga and Rihanna were nominated for Best Original Song, but Taylor Swift was snubbed. Ooh. On the bright side, the album Taylor writes about being snubbed at the Oscars will probably win all the Grammys. <laughs> but this is cool. Uh, Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio picked up two nominations. Yep. Best,
2: best Animated Film and Best Documentary about George Santos. Oh,
3: yeah, it's, it's,
1: <laughs> um, how about the groans Taylor Swift snubbed? Oh. Oh. <laughs> Once again, on the TV, I'm seeing Mike Pence's house. I don't know anything about Mike Pence, really, even though he was vice president for four years. He, why does he live in a house like that? What, where's Where Their their family money come from? Holy cow, what an estate that guy lives in. Yeah, well, he was the governor of Indiana. He was a talk show
4: host for a while, right? Uh, what was he before all of that? I don't actually know. NFL star? I don't know. He's got a heck of a house. Yeah. There's wow. a great piece in Of course, the- keep in mind, it's Indiana. Yeah. So that house probably costs the same as a
1: 1,400-square-foot house with no garage in Palo Alto, California. Absolutely. Um, th- there was a great piece in the New York post yesterday about where there's a picture of Joe Biden's freaking unbelievable house. Um, uh, one of three, correct? Th- yeah. And they, and it looks like the FBI may be searching his other beach home. Anyway, uh, New York post had a story about where the uh, Biden's wealth came from. And it's pretty interesting cause he was, he used to brag about being the poorest guy in Congress and his net worth was quite low. Up through being vice president, then apparently, um, you know, you can you can assume malfeasance or something or not. But uh, then he decided. I looks like I'm getting out of government. So a couple something happened there, and his net worth went from being like a million dollars as a guy who was 65 years old and been in government his whole life to they made like 16 million dollars. He and his wife bingo book deals, speaking, you know, on various boards, that sort of stuff, like his ship really came in right after he left the vice presidency. Yeah, well, some cynics would suggest that uh, public servant after
4: public servant, and I use that term with a sneer, uh, they cut deals saying, hey, be happy to help you with this legislation. When I'm out of office, I'd really appreciate a seat on your board. Mm -hmm. And then the companies, they pay it off. Bingo. They, they, they hold up their end of the deal, which reminds me. I was going to talk about something else, but who cares? Uh, Josh Hawley is such an interesting guy. Before we get to what he's proposed, which is snarkily hilarious, he is widely reputed to be one of the smartest people in Washington, D.C., and a brilliant constitutional scholar. He has made the decision that he is going to be a populist cheerleader, And a a tweaker of noses and a rallier of the common man. And one could argue that he's so smart, he realizes that's the only way to get anything done
1: these days. Senator from Missouri? Yeah, yeah. Meanwhile. Wow, so he is the smartest guy in D.C. And the smartest guy in D.C. looked around and thought, the only way to get anywhere is going populist. So I'm all in. That's interesting. Uh, It reminds me of what uh, Jerry Seinfeld said about
4: Jay Leno, why he was so successful at the Tonight Show. He knows just how bad he needs to be. Um, And, and, you know, it's absolutely from a practical point of view, and I think the the late Charles Krauthammer would back me up on this. You have to win elections, and you have to do the silly stuff to get the things that matter to happen. And so Josh Hawley's like, I want to be effective. Meanwhile, uh, the uh, somewhat uh, nose in the air conservative intellectual crowd that is so proud of themselves in D.C. and some of them are some of my favorite writers, by the way, I'll freely admit, um, they're not very effective, but they're mighty proud of themselves. So anyway, that's enough of a preamble about Josh Hawley. But um, here's the uh, the story: Josh Hawley has introduced a law. To bar lawmakers from trading stocks and profiting while in office, he calls it the Preventing Elected Leaders from Owning Securities and Investments Act, or the (laughs) Pelosi Act. Oh, wow. Yes, 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 yes. It would prevent lawmakers and their spouses from trading stocks on which the officials would have privileged information. Uh, Let's see. He introduced the Pelosi Act requiring members and their spouses (laughs) Sunday morning uh, requiring members and their spouses to divest any holdings or put them in a blind trust within six months of entering office. And he explains why exactly. Uh, the bill comes after revelations last year that Nancy's husband, Paul Pelosi, traded between $1 million and $5 million worth of stocks for semiconductors just days before Congress allocated $52 million to the industry. The stocks were later sold at, as lo- as at a loss to remove the appearance of impropriety.
1: Quince.
3: <laughs>
4: Please. Let's see. Uh, other lawmakers and their spouses have made similarly advantageous, advantageous trades, including uh, Richard Burr, Republican in North Carolina, who sold investments after receiving classified briefings on the coronavirus pandemic. Holly's uh, bill excludes mutual funds, exchange traded funds, and treasury bonds purpo- uh, purchases. Uh,. I don't think I have a problem with this.
1: Well, is it legal that so your family can't be involved in the stock market, more or less, while, while you're in public service? Constitutionally, is that okay? That's a great question.
4: I don't know. I'm way out of my depth on that, Donnie. So uh, anyway, moving along. Uh, coming up, the Washington Post, and this is so sweet, is allowing children to write editorials. Now, they let this child use their daddy's picture because it claims to be written by a grown-up, but it can't possibly be. It's it's talking about uh, the misconceptions people have about politics and government spending, and it must be written by a child because it is so utterly divorced from grown-up reality. We'll I, be child? Coming up. I
1: believe you speak with a tongue dipped in satire. Oh, 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 perhaps. Speaking of childs, um, uh, a child's view of time, why ch- children look, uh, perceive time differently than we do, some different stuff than I've ever heard about that that is really kind of interesting. Wow, with the goal yeah. being to being able to recapture that sense of time that you have when you're a kid. So maybe we'll, well, not maybe we will. GD it. We'll get to that later this hour. among other things, and the scary, scary chat GPT thing that is uh, sweeping the nation and the world that will destroy mankind. It might improve customer service, however. Well, well, there you go. That's a Um, (laughs) (laughs) trade-off. All on the way. Stay with us.
0: Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I would encourage uh, the community to vote no on this amendment um, for a few reasons. Um, Practical, financial, social, emotional. Um, First, uh, there are a lot of schools that are moving towards gender-neutral bathrooms. And if we add female, we might become obsolete very quickly. Um, Second, not all students who menstruate are female. Um, We need to make sure that all students have access to these products. Um, there are obviously less um non-female menstruating students, and therefore their usage will be much lower. And that was actually um calculated into the cost of this um, and how much we decided to fund it. And so, yeah, that's really all we
4: need to hear from that. That is a legislator in Minnesota explaining that not just females menstruate. You know, that's a a really embarrassing error there. And I don't mean to to embarrass you on, on a national radio show, but no, only females menstruate, dear, only. It's been true for all of mankind's history.
1: And then so arguing that you need to have tampon machines in the boys' bathroom. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. But you don't ever. All right. Chat GPT is going to that and other things like it are going to destroy humanity. So more on that coming up in a little bit. And it's coming oh, that, fast. That
4: sounds like it could be our lead story. But uh, that, you know, it, the destruction
1: it, of humanity, it is coming hard and fast. And we got some amazing examples for you. First, this uh, we all know, especially if you're past a certain age, that uh, time seems to speed up as you get older. And uh, time goes by really fast.
0: It is time for us to do mm. what we have been doing, and that time is every day.
1: And then mm. there's, there's also the concept of, especially if you're a parent, of how the days are so long. They seem like they're three days long, but like weeks <laughs> and years go by in a blink. So that's kind of interesting also. And the um, just overall about the idea of time speeding up, everybody always generally says that well you know you just you have you have more time It's just as a percentage of the time that you've been alive the ratio is different and that, that's never struck me as persuasive particularly but that's what most people say um anyway i've so always this, thought that uh, by the way but i've never really been satisfied no, with it as, as neither, an answer me neither this is kind of interesting uh these scientists who are looking into maybe is there a way we can recapture time slowing down like that or why time works the way it does. I thought this was really interesting. Um, Researchers say it's because our brain's perception of time is fluid. It's not always the same. It's determined by the kinds of experience we're having and how we experience those things in the moment. We don't have a single perception of time, said this neuroscientist at Dartmouth College. We have a perception of time in the moment, perceptual time you might call it, and then you have how you regard time by looking through your memories. The brain perceives time based on how much information is processing at any given minute, which in turn depends on how much attention we're paying and uh, to what we're doing and what's happening around us. If you're paying attention, you're actually processing more units of information per unit of objective time, and that makes time feel subjectively longer. This can happen when we're in a new place, observing all the little details around us. This also can happen when we're having an emotionally charged experience. It uses the example of if you're driving and you know you're about to get in a wreck, your car is skidding. You're going to hit the back of that car in front of you. It seems like time goes into slow motion. We've all had that experience. Because Mm -hmm. suddenly your brain's processing so much information and you're fully attentive. So it has the perception of having it slowed down, you know, things that aren't quite as scary would be the pleasant, emotionally engaging moments that we share with our kids, perhaps, or that obviously that kids everything's new to a kid. So, um, you know, you're 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 constantly in new environments, new situations where you so you're perceiving tons of information about trying to figure out, you know, what is happening here. Whereas, obviously, when you're older, you're walking into the same damn workplace you've been walking into for 20 years, wearing wearing the same shoes. You're about to see the same people sit at the same desk, do the same thing. I mean, you're perceiving no new information.
4: Yeah, how interesting. We were talking yesterday about the concept of a schema in, uh, in uh, psychology where it's like a template for what to expect and how to behave. A church is different than the workplace. Is different, from the, is different from the bar you go with your buddies. But, yeah, as a kid, you're building all that. So, yeah, yeah, there's a lot more brain work going on.
1: Right, and it has an effect on how we process memories. So the more the more information that you're processing makes perfectly good sense. The more it sticks as a memory. So um, you're much more like much more likely to uh, have memories of you know hanging out with your kids when they're little, uh, because those were so impactful new events, and you were processing so much information versus. That meeting you were in yesterday, you know, when you say, I can't even remember what I had for breakfast, you're not processing any information. You're just, you know, you're just shoveling down your food. Right. Yeah. Which is kind of interesting. Yeah. Uh, mixing up your routine is a good way to try to process more information, which will, in effect, make time seem like it's moving a little slower. So I don't know how you do that, given my the the the, the it talks about tedious, boring, you know, workplaces. I don't know what you do about that. If you just like <laughs> move your office around a lot, or I don't know, have an affair with the receptionist, do something. It's exciting. You know, there's an idea. Yeah, <laughs> there's an idea. Love, exciting, and new. Focus less on routines and more on creating those beautiful incidental moments that are new and special. And you process all this information. Should I perhaps pause and inhale the flora?
4: Stop and smell the roses? You know, I noticed something the other day when I walk back, boy in the afternoon. I generally look down. Look down where I'm walking because sometimes we're on uneven ground. Or I work, lock, look down to see what he's uh, dealing with. Is he sniffing? Is he going to eat something? I'm always looking down. I, I, lately, I've started to look up. Taking the trees, taking the sky, the have, clouds.
1: Have you walked into any poles? Couple. And do you find that more satisfying? Oh yeah, yeah, it's beautiful. You know the tree line, the, the, just the,
4: just it's something. Not the why do I look at the ground? Spare change. Well, to protect myself from. Well, there's that, and you know, spare myself a sprained ankle. But uh, so I so that's what they're saying though, isn't it? To to not
1: trudge along in one's routines uh yeah yeah well yeah absolutely i think so yeah oh, they're so incredibly comfortable but they're so unsatisfying in yeah. so many ways your routines my routines and you can it, it if you really thought about it now my kids are still young enough that there's there's plenty of new stuff every single day not all of it great some of it great played playing football yesterday it was freaking fantastic some uh, stuff dealing with a math quiz, not as fantastic. But um, uh, but like, um, before I had kids, so you know I'm well into my career and everything like that. I wonder how many days I had in a row, which were, 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 were they were almost identical to previous days I'd had. Same clothes, making the same fruit smoothie in the same blender at the same time, before I get in the same car to drive to the same workplace. To the, you know, just everything yeah. is a routine. Absolutely everything which is comforting in one way but it does make the the as it explains here the days the weeks the months the years just start to fly by. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm trying to be much
4: more disciplined since the start of the year. I'm not drinking nearly as much. In fact, I'm not drinking at all for most of the week and uh, Judy happens to be out of town, but I'm exercising and blah blah blah. And and I got to admit though, I get to the end of every day and I'm like, uh, nothing really happened today. <laughs> I'm I'm glad I exercised. It's I'm kind of sort of proud of myself, but uh, I watch the same old news on the same old elliptical machine and
2: uh,
1: see like my my kids my 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 youngest he walks in the door from school from fifth grade every day. He's always you won't believe what happened today. I mean yeah oh, you don't have those moments so cool. as an adult. There's always the the big one yesterday was somebody glued a quarter to the sidewalk and everybody was walking by it and seeing it and trying to pick it up. <laughs> beautiful. And one of the teachers said, somebody does it every year. So, uh, there's a teacher that's moved into the nothing new, same routine period of life. And somebody's always glued and change to the sidewalk. Teach him the dollar at the end of the fishing line. <laughs>
0: You've oh, got yes. to. Yes, that's a good one. <laughs> Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. At UPenn's prestigious Wharton Business School, a BB- on an exam is pretty good. But a computer getting that grade using artificial intelligence is jaw-dropping. Professor Christian Terviche tested something called ChatGPT on a graduate exam. The computer put to use knowledge that analysts, managers, and consultants get paid big money for, although it struggled with sixth-grade math.
3: Judge yourself. I think it's amazing, but uh, it's still far from an A+.
1: Okay, we're going to have a lot more on this. What hath God wrought is something that was <laughs> famously said and sent through the telegraph when the telegraph first hit planet Earth. Samuel Morse etc. Maybe you remember that story. And uh, that's a good question. What hath God God wrought? Well, the Telegraph worked all right. I should have said that at the beginning of the Internet. I'm not sure the Internet has turned out to be a good thing for uh, mankind. And uh, is this a good thing for mankind? Chat GPT, which we've talked a lot about over the last couple of weeks. It's real new. It just came out in November of last year. So it's only been around a couple of months. We've had listeners sending us stuff that they've, uh, they've written through chat GPT. It's a chat bot launched by OpenAI. Um, billions of dollars have been poured into it by Microsoft and other companies. People are saying it could change everything. It's, it's so big you can't even wrap your head around it. I wonder if we could come up with that segment we did where we were
4: reading the scripts uh, for the Armstrong and Getty AI show. Uh, as uh, produced by the chat gpt and the guy kept tweaking the prompt add more sarcasm <laughs> that sort of thing right. if we can we'll we'll post that at com. it's well, pretty interesting
1: it's so much better now than it was even just a couple of months ago that's that's how much it is improving here's more from stephanie gosk on nbc talking about it yesterday
0: ChatGPT was launched just two months ago by OpenAI, Microsoft investing billions in the development, and the technology is already shaking up the academic world. At the University of Minnesota Law School, ChatGPT averaged a C-plus on law exams, although professors noticed suspiciously perfect grammar. New York City and Seattle school systems have banned its use on department devices. NYU set up a task force within a week to deal with it. What was your first reaction when ChatGPT launched in November?
1: It was uh, eyes open and, oh, my God. And the big deal about ChatGPT is it is conversational, hence the chat part. You ask it a question, it gives you an answer. Yeah, and we've got a couple of examples of things it can do coming up after we hear uh, more from Stephanie Gosk here on NBC.
0: Relying on a database of words, a massive one, it can write an essay instantly on any topic or a limerick. Um, write a limerick about Stephanie Gosk. There once was a reporter named Stephanie. Because ChatGPT's site was at capacity, Professor Clay Shirky showed me something similar. But the big change is
1: the existence of a paragraph is no longer evidence of human thought.
0: But that feels kind of disturbing to me. Am I just a boomer?
1: <laughs> no, you're just somebody who probably does a lot of writing and reading for a living. How
0: do you prevent students from cheating? So there's really two
1: two big strategies. One which everybody focused on immediately was to detect the cheating. The much more complicated question is how we design writing assignments so that they understand that they're in a world where ChatGPT exists. Yeah, well, we can't. <laughs> We're not going to be able to. That's. I liked that summation that that guy had right there. The, the, the evidence of a written paragraph is no longer proof of human thought, which it has been for. For the entire time that human beings have existed and been able to write. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I and,
4: mean, you might be able to teach a dog to, to to bark on cue or even a chimp to
1: communicate hungry, but that chimp ain't going to churn out a paragraph. Right. Chat, GPT passed an MBA exam given by a Wharton professor just the other day. It is so much better now than it was just a few months ago. And uh, Ian Bremmer told us a couple of weeks ago that this is the year that it, you know, passes the Turing test. It sounds like it already has, where you can't distinguish a computer from an actual human being. Um, But so where we're going to be at the end of this year. So Jordan Peterson, he's the, for some reason, controversial psychologist dude from Canada. Um, He uh, got interested in this and so uh, went and did a little of exploring. Here's, Here's his assessment of what chat GPT can do.
3: I asked it. This is what I asked it to do. I said, write me an essay that's a thirteenth rule for beyond order, written in a style that combines the King James Bible with the Tao Te Ching. That's pretty difficult to pull off, you know? Any one of those things is hard. The intersection of all three, that's impossible. Well, it wrote it in about three seconds, four pages long, and it isn't obvious to me, for better or worse, that I would be able to tell that I didn't write it. Right. Right, and okay, and that's pretty impressive, but the fact that it could do that grammatically perfectly, right, and quite impressive philosophically.
1: So he's mm. that, he referencing his own book, The Twelve Rules for Life, and he's, he told the computer to write the 13th rule in the style of, as you just heard there and he said it was a King James Bible I know the other one I'm not familiar with and he so. said it was great and he wouldn't have been able to distinguish it from his own writing which is a little troubling here's another example of what this uh, AI can do
3: I also had it write an essay on the intersection between the Taoist version of ethical morality and the ethics that are outlined in the Sermon on the Mount which it just nailed got that dead right Br- brilliant Again, it took it about three seconds. There was a, a computer engineer who purported to work for Tesla. He asked GPT, GPT said, "Look, I work for Elon Musk, but I haven't been doing much for the last week. So I need you to write me ten bullet points about what I probably would have done as a as a engineer at Twitter. What ten things did I do last week that were productive and valuable? And oh, if you don't mind, write me the accompanying computer code that goes with each project." And it did that to three seconds. And the computer code works. Right. And so, okay, so that's, that's already there. So Well,
4: I'm terrified. So I'll be leaving the show now. If you'll excuse me, I'm going to go hide in the back of a
1: cave. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was thinking. So we can all go home now. Wow. Yeah, and wow. there are other examples on that particular video from other professors who have given various assignments and been like, this is not even possible. That this just happened in a couple of seconds. And again, is that one guy, and the question was, how are we going to tell uh, the human stuff from the computer stuff? Well, you can't. That's really the whole point of what's trying to accomplish. And if it's there, if it's there now where you can't tell it wasn't a human, I don't, I can't even, you know, the, we have bigger fish to fry and bigger problems in the world than figuring out if seniors in high school are cheating on their essays. But just in general, uh, I, I don't, I can't imagine where this goes.
4: Right. A couple of points. Number one, you suggesting that education can't deal with it was short-sighted jacassery. I've I've made that number one just so I don't forget. It's actually a much more minor point. Short-sighted jacassery. Uh, Secondly... Google is even now urinating down its own leg, and it's not because it's uh, being sued by the Justice Department for various anti-competitive slash monopolistic practices, although it is, and that's a fairly serious problem. And we'll get to that story at some point if we can squeeze it in. has to do with their advertising and how it works and technology, blah, blah, blah. Um, Google it. But the more relevant reason Google has lost control of its body functions Is uh, getting back to the Jordan Peterson clip. um, If I were to say, uh, if I were to Google, based on Jordan Peterson's 12 Rules for Living, what would a 13th rule be? And uh, write it in the style of, you know, the King James Version, that other piece of Eastern thinking that he, he referenced. Google would churn me out 75 pages of utterly irrelevant garbage. That I would have to go through bit by bit, uh, you know, painstakingly to find any nugget of worthfulness. Whereas this chat GPT, I can just ask it precisely what I want to know. And it will craft it for me using the knowledge it's accumulated in the same way that Google accumulates knowledge. Google hasn't memorized the plumbers in my area, right? Right. Uh, nor has it memorized the King James Bible. It just it has those resources at its you know, digital fingertips. So why wouldn't I ask it specifically? Tell me this or mm-hmm. write me this. And Google is terrified by that because that's what search is. Give me the knowledge you have.
1: Uh, speaking of s- oh the the jacassery, yeah. I need to get back back to that after a moment. Yeah, I need my comeuppance right after this. Yeah,
4: yeah, huh? this will be fun, everybody. Stay with us.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, crime is a thing, still a thing. Uh, AI hasn't figured that out. People are still breaking in your home and stealing stuff. That's why you need Simply Safe. Oh, yeah. Crime among youngsters. Teenagers is
4: exploding. We need to talk about that story. Uh, but anyway, simply save home security, best home security system of last year. Once again, three years in a row. The technology is amazing. It's 21st century stuff. But in an emergency, the 24-7 professional monitoring agents, this is human beings, use fast protect technology Exclusively from Simply Safe to capture critical evidence and verify the threat is real so you can get priority police response. When your Simply Safe alarm goes off, it's not just an alarm somewhere in town, it's specific information given to the cops so they say, Holy cow, this is real. Let's get there. It's better.
1: Sensors that detect fires, floods, other threats to your home, HD cameras inside and out. And you can do this for about a dollar a day. That's amazing.
4: 24-7 professional monitoring services cost under a dollar a day, less than half the price of ADT, which is doing a lot of advertising these days. Uh, go to simplysafe.com slash Armstrong, claim a free indoor security camera, plus 20% off your order with interactive monitoring. That's simplysafe.com slash Armstrong.
1: Uh, other jackassery before you get to my jackassery is anybody who... You know, downplays this. I think is really missing the boat. So I got a C on a law test. Well, no, that that's now. You know, it, it's gonna it, it's gonna it's gonna improve so fast. That's the that's the thing with AI is its ability to learn. Oh my god!
4: Yeah, we are so going to be at the end of the whip of our robot overlords chained to tubes, having our vital juices drained somewhere in a, a bizarre medical laboratory slash factory.
1: I, I, I know I've t- given this example many times, partially because it came from the book Life 2.0 or Life 3.0. I never can remember the name of the book, but it's about where AI could take us. And uh, and the idea of it figuring out, you know, the perfect movie, the perfect novel, the perfect song, or, you know, for people who like this kind of music, okay, we've analyzed every bit of popular music over all the years, or what people like, we've put all that in one song, it'll blow your mind. It's the greatest or, song. Or, even more handy, what I like. Yeah. I don't want to listen to what people like. People like crap. Yeah, it can do you specifically. Go through oh, everything yeah. you've played over the last however many years. And, uh, you know, it'll be it'll be cool, but why will we have musicians or writers or actors hmm. or, uh, you know, people are more concerned about the reality of uh, legal assistance or uh, copywriters in newsrooms or there's a gazillion jobs that could be eliminated by this. Oh, yeah,
4: yeah, clearly.
1: So anyway, in education, they're actually doing a pretty
4: decent job of being creative about how to deal with this stuff. I love this it's It's so typical. This one professor uh, read what he said was easily the best paper in the class. he got the example of of what it is, but a red flag instantly went up, so he questioned the student who admitted that he'd used AI. I'm a little hurt by that. Hey, this uh, paper's really good. You didn't write it, did you? <laughs> Oh, hey, wait a
1: minute. Oh, my God, come that on. that actually happened to me in real life when I was in high school. But did you write the paper? Had you written it? It was only a line. I've never, like, full-on done the, that cheating thing. And this is pre-computer, so you couldn't do that. But I had a great line uh, in a paper, and the teacher said, you you didn't come up with that, which is in, you oh. know, troubling on a number of levels, obviously.
4: Devastating. <laughs> So, yes, they are absolutely going to have to rethink the whole question of uh, writing assignments. Uh, this one guy, uh, da da da, he plans to require students to write first drafts in the classroom and uh, in ways that monitor uh, their activity. In later drafts, they have to explain each revision. A lot of in class things, um, a lot of sit down and tell me what you've learned. Um, uh, Changes that include more oral exams, group work Oh, I hate group work uh, Handwritten assessments <laughs> in lieu of typed ones See, that's discrimination against left-handers There'd be a class action suit and I'd be in it But anyway, so they're trying to
1: figure out how to deal with it Might have to go full Socratic method Just sitting around talking with the teacher Because everything else is so easy to fake up Wow Sounds like fun And less work <laughs> <laughs> Stay here
0: Armstrong and Getty The Armstrong and Getty Show.
1: The New York Times says pushing the classified documents Trump case is off the table because of the Pence thing. The New York Times says that. So that's interesting. Hmm. It's no longer politically viable to go after Trump over the documents. Just too many times. It's happened to me. I would agree. Have you heard anybody in a serious way? Address the question of what the hell's
4: going on here? <laughs> and I realize it's a silly way to phrase it, but the question of why do all these guys have classified stuff? Trump uh, Pence is saying it was in a sealed box that his aides, you know, packed up for him when he was leaving the vice presidency. So what's the deal? Am I supposed to take this seriously? What sort of classified documents? How are they in the box? I've heard Joe Biden. He was a senator. Some of these classified materials go back to the time he was a senator. You can only, as a senator, look at classified materials in these uh, secure, compartmentalized information facilities, a skiff and you're not allowed to take anything with you. So how does he have any?
1: I don't know. I, I, I've heard people making the argument that uh, everything's classified and it'd be so easy to do. I've also heard the argument made by a whole bunch of different people, including on the Sunday talk shows, that say it's not hard. It's really not hard. I mean, you have to go into a certain room to look at this stuff, and when you walk out, they tell you, do you have anything with you, and you you go through your papers to make sure you don't, and you walk out. It's not hard to not accidentally have classified information. Well, you might,
4: you know, insert some of it into your rectum and just forget about it, I guess, but, well, I'm being thorough.
1: I heard heard somebody who used to work in a White House talk about uh, they went to visit scooter libby who is chief of staff for uh dick cheney who ended up going. why do you think
4: they call him scooter he's got so much stuff in his rectum he walks funny
1: anyway he's in scooter libby's office and at some point scooter libby needs to leave the room and so his um uh, secretary had to come in and watch this guy and make sure he stayed in his chair and didn't get up and look at his desk while he was out of the room because that's the way you handle the whole classified documents thing is I mean there that's how careful some people are. But on the other end of it, you have people just like jamming it into boxes and moving it from house to house to house like I do with my old records. <laughs>
4: right. Yeah. I don't like I say, I feel like I'm lacking significant piece, pieces of information slash perspective.
1: Yeah, you know, and again, very few people are actually worried about the documents themselves and what damage has been done. Almost nobody.
4: Right. Right. Just political gotcha crap that has nothing to do with us in our lives. All of us.
1: Which I think is the New York Times point. If it's political gotcha crap, the the whole gotcha on Trump thing is over. Now enough people, you know, Biden saying, how could you be so irresponsible? Well, obviously you can't work that angle on the campaign trail anymore. You were every bit as responsible. No, you didn't, you know, work as hard to keep them or whatever. And who cares? You took them home the same way Trump did. Here's a nutty
4: idea in which I pull together several of the themes of the hour. I wish we'd gotten to the beloved celebrity bear in Italy, because I could attempt to tie that in as well, which would be a real test for me, but not for AI. Uh, I go to ChatGPT, and I say, uh, produce a document that describes United States espionage practices in mainland China. And when you're done, by the way, stamp it classified. Or I'll do the stampin'. Then I stick it in your your papers there in in the, your messy messy half of the studio, and uh, and all of a sudden you're uh, on trial for your life. How easy it, would it be to fake stuff up with Chat GPT? Well, yes, yeah, AI
1: in short. Somebody texted to combine Chat GPT with deep fakes, and where are we? Holy crap! We have no sense of what's real anymore. <laughs> no, we we think it's hard right now to figure out what's true and what's not. We we probably we're probably gonna look back like on today. January twenty whatever it is, and think those were the that was the golden era of knowing what's real and what's not compared to now. Ah!
4: There's part of me that dreads it. There's part of me that thinks, "Wow, this is going to be
1: interesting." <laughs> yeah, it'll be interesting, <laughs> spicy. You, if you miss an hour of the show, get the podcast Armstrong and Getty on demand.
0: Armstrong and Getty. It's time for today's Lucky Land horoscope with Victoria Cash.
2: Visit gamebridge.io slash for current rates, full product disclosures and disclaimers, and other important information.
0: We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell, ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope.
2: slash iHeart.